Welcome to the Journey Church Podcast, where as a church, we believe that Jesus should be accessible to anyone. So if you're at home, work, or somewhere in between, you can have access to the weekend worship experience. We'd love for you to stay connected with us by visiting us at journeyorl.com or any social media platform using at journeyorl. Thanks for being with us, and we really hope you enjoy this message. Hey, before you are seated, I just want to let you know that this is truly an amazing church. Come on, how many people know that you're in a good house right here, y'all? So good. Uh, I, I remember uh, two years ago, uh, so my wife and I, we moved up from Miami, Florida uh, to Richmond, Virginia uh, to start our church, Motivation Church, and uh, turning three years old. And two years ago, I came to Journey Church uh, when you were in the high school and um, I, I preached there, but we were one year old as a church. And so, man, we were still learning. We had no idea what we were doing. So my wife and I, what we did, so we took all of you guys' handouts, like your connection cards or, or all your stuff. And I went back home and I gave it to my graphic designer. And I said, hey, sir, I want you to make them look exactly like that, right? That church is doing amazing. Don't change nothing about it. What my graphic designer didn't know to change the J from y'all logo, y'all. Come on, somebody. And we were so broke as a church, we couldn't afford to buy any more. So for six months, I'm, this is a true story, for six months, we had the J logo on all of our handouts, y'all. Come on, somebody. People were asking, Pastor, what does the J stand for? I'm like, don't worry about it, sweetheart. Don't worry about it. It stands for Jesus Christ. <laughs> Oh, man. But I've stolen sermons from this ministry. I've stolen your handouts. And uh, I am so grateful to be back here. I learn so much every time I come. And I want you to know that your pastors are one of the, it's one of the greatest communicators of the gospel of Jesus Christ. You all know that. Come on, somebody. Absolutely incredible. And uh, man, it's so awesome to be here. But I do have a word from God I want to share uh, from the Gospel of Mark as you are standing. I want to real quick read this passage of Scripture. Um, this is the Gospel of Mark. Mark's, this, this is the first Gospel that was ever written. The shortest Gospel, I call it the action-packed Gospel. And this is Jesus speaking here in Mark chapter 4, verse 26. says this, He also said, This is what the kingdom of God is like. A man scatters seed on the ground, night and day, whether he sleeps or whether he gets up. The seed sprouts and it grows, though he does not know how. And all by itself, the soil produces the grain. First the stalk, then the head, then the full kernel in the head. And as soon as the grain is ripe, he puts the sickle to it because harvest has come because harvest has come. Lord, I pray for the next few moments that you may speak right through me, Lord. Would you bypass my limited wisdom, my limited experience and speak right to your people? Father, we didn't gather all from around uh, this area, God, and uh, even online so that we can hear from me. Lord, we gathered because, God, we need a word from you. So, Lord, I pray, Lord, that you may be faithful to do what you always do. Speak your word right through me, God, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. You all could be seated today. 
It is such an honor and a choice privilege uh, to, to be here at this amazing, come on, make some noise for this amazing building, y'all. Come on. Jesus. I am just, uh, man, just overwhelmed with what God is doing here in this ministry and is walking the halls of this building. I mean, those bathrooms are off the chain, y'all. Come on, somebody. I mean, that, that, that pearl on the wall, I'm not sure what it is. I'm not sure what material, but it's pearl to me, y'all. Come on. That pearl on the walls and stuff like that. Our church, we don't have stalls yet, y'all. Come on. And uh, y'all, y'all got an amazing facility here, and God is just beginning here. Uh, today, I, I come here to, to talk to you today about the kingdom of God. And the, the kingdom of God is a new concept that here in this text that we hear today, uh, which, which is a, a brand new concept, really new, um, new to a lot of people. The, the people of the Bible, uh, they were really familiar with the kingdom of David and the kingdom of Solomon and the kingdom of Jacob. And they were familiar with all these different kingdoms, but they had very little understanding of the kingdom of God. In fact, one of Jesus's main uh, purposes on this earth was not to just save you and, and, and give us freedom from our sins, but another one of the main purposes of Jesus coming here on this earth was to establish a brand new kingdom. And he was teaching us about this kingdom. In fact, most of the gospel's teachings that Jesus began to teach us about was explaining what this kingdom is and how we talk, how we think, how we believe, how we walk. This, this gospel is really giving us an insight into this new kingdom that you and I now have access into. In fact, when you read the beginning of the gospel, the Bible talks about this guy named John the Baptist. And John the Baptist, uh, he was a, what we call a forerunner of Jesus, meaning he prepared the way for Jesus. He, he began to lay the foundation of Jesus. And he didn't say, repent for a new king is coming to town. He didn't say, repent for the savior of the world is coming to town. He said, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. Meaning this, that Jesus' purpose on this earth was so that he can establish a brand new kingdom. And he, what he really wanted to do is a, to bring a distinction between the kingdom of the world and the kingdom of God. Because those are completely different things. The kingdom of this world that we live in is a world that we get to operate in every single day. But God says, I want to establish a brand new kingdom. In fact, we even see when Jesus taught us how to pray. And when he told us how to pray, he also told us what to pray. And he says, for your kingdom to be on earth as it is in heaven. He didn't say for the blessings of God to be on earth as it is in heaven. He says for the kingdom of God to be on earth as it is in heaven. Here's why. Because our God is, is, is so in love with this kingdom and he wants you to be in love with this kingdom of God that he's establishing here on this earth. And so when we think about this kingdom, we, we recognize that that's what salvation is. Salvation is the destruction of the world's kingdom in our heart and the construction of God's kingdom in our hearts. That's what salvation is. It's, it's God tearing apart of the kingdom of the world and how we used to think and how we used to talk and how we used to walk and the faith that we used to have in the world's kingdom. We now are tearing that apart and now we're building up a brand new kingdom in our heart and that is the kingdom 
of God. I believe that's why Jesus and God, he, he gets so frustrated with his church when we get so lost up in this worldly kingdom that we lose sight of the kingdom of God. I believe in a world where there's so many different distractions, where there's political unrest and racial unrest and, 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 and viruses that are hitting our world and, and all these things that are, are, are hitting us and things that we can see. I believe that God says, hey, just make sure that the kingdom of this world don't have more of your attention than the kingdom of God. In fact, I'll say this, you will see more fruit in the kingdom that you can see if you invest in the kingdom that you can't see. The, the, the more you rely in and lean in into the kingdom of God, that is, the, that is a, a great recipe for you to see the fruit of this world. And so Jesus wanted to teach us about the kingdom. And here this passage of scripture that we're in. This is another example of what Jesus is trying to do. He's trying to teach us about the ways of this kingdom. Because if we're not careful, the ways of the world and the, the worldly kingdom can, can tap into the kingdom of God. And we'll begin to think like the world and believe their ways more than we believe God's kingdom ways. So he starts off this passage of scripture by saying, this is what the kingdom of God is like. Let me set the record straight for this kingdom. And if it was me, if I was describing the kingdom of God, I would use words like fast, big, amazing, awesome, perfect. Like if I was describing the kingdom of God, I would use those words. But no, when Jesus began to describe the kingdom of God, he used a word, a small little word that we call a seed. Really small seed. And I believe this because our, our God recognizes that in the kingdom of God, insignificant is significant. And maybe some of you have walked into this room today feeling insignificant. Maybe you feel like you have an insignificant job. Maybe you feel like you're in an insignificant season. Maybe you have, you're in a relationship that appears to be insignificant. You, you feel like you're in an insignificant world right now, but I just come to remind you today, it does not matter what season that you're walking through, what job you have, how much is in your bank account, what type of title that you have, our God specializes in taking the insignificant and making it significant. In fact, we see the beginning of the Gospels. When the people of God, when Jesus was walking this earth and he chose 12 people to follow him, he chose the insignificant of this world. The, the people that was not trained and they were unlearned and they didn't know as much and they were not well spoken, but our God can specialize in choosing insignificant people. And I just want to encourage you all today that in this kingdom, our God loves the insignificant. In fact, he says this, that in this kingdom, the insignificant is significant. I remember when I first graduated from college and I went to a school down the street, Southeastern University. It was a Bible college and I went in for ministry and I was really excited. And when I was graduating high school, my, I mean, my college, my, my, my professor always all told me, hey, you're going to be an amazing preacher. 
you're going to go and preach to hundreds of you because I was going to be a youth pastor at the time and, and I was really excited about it. And I never forget all the professors telling me, God's going to use you. You're going to be amazing. And then I got my first youth pastor job out of college. I was so excited. I showed up to the church and there was a whopping two kids there, y'all. Come on, somebody. And they were the pastor's kids, y'all. Come on. Right here in Orlando, Orange Ave, Calvary Chapel of the South Orlando. Come on, and Hunter's Creek. Y'all, I was preaching. I was so upset at my professors. I said, you lied to me. You told me that I was going to be a pastor of a, of a youth ministry. There's going to be lots of kids. And I had some of my other friends I went to school with, and I was being super petty, y'all, majorly petty. And I was like, I preach way better than them. And how their youth group is bigger than mine. Come on, somebody. Super petty, y'all. I know I'm petty. But anyways, I was um, super disappointed. I'll never forget a professor of mine says, I want you to go back to that two-person youth group, and I want you to preach like there's a thousand people there. So I went back to my little apartment I had. I, went, I, I created a production schedule, y'all. Come on, somebody. I had a full production schedule. I, I, I even made a handout for one kid to pass out to the other kid, y'all. Come on. <laughs> I had my iPod, I played my worship music, and we were worshiping to some hill song. Come on, somebody. We were lifting up our hands and worshiping, and the two kids were like, this guy's crazy. I got up on that little stage, y'all. Come on, I make me a little stage, y'all. Come on. I got on that stage, and I start to preach the gospel for 45 minutes. I was shouting like there was 500 people in the room, y'all. But I am so glad that I treated that season that appeared to be insignificant as significant because two kids turned to four kids and four kids turned to eight kids, 50 kids. And I just want to let you know today that in this kingdom, our God specializes in using what the world calls insignificant. And maybe you walked in here today feeling insignificant, feeling like you're being left behind and feeling like the season that you are, that you're in, that is insignificant. But I just come to remind you today that this is not an insignificant season. You may be at a starter job, that's not insignificant. You may be single, that's not an insignificant season. You may be walking through just starting college. You, you are not in an insignificant season because our God can use a small seed and make it significant. Not only does he cause us to celebrate the insignificant, but he also calls us to celebrate the invisible. Look what the text says. He says, and he also said, this is what the kingdom of God is like. It's like a man who scatters seed on the ground. Night and day, whether he sleeps or whether he gets up, the seed sprouts and grows, though he does not know how. Meaning that in this kingdom, God gives you a seed of a purpose, of a dream, of a vision. And what happens is there's a, a, a moment in time where you see the dream and you see that marriage and you see those amazing kids and, and, and you see that, great, that dream job and you see that financial increase, you see it. But there are moments and times where God takes the seed and he puts it under the ground. There, there, there are moments of time where the dream that you once saw, you looking at your life and like, I can't see that happening right now. And the vision that God once gave you, you're looking at your life and saying, man, I can't see that happening right now. But I just come to remind you that in the world's eyes and in the world's kingdom, invisible means invisible. But in the kingdom of God, invisible means God is working behind the scenes. Come on. 
Your God has never stops working on your behalf. And maybe you might be in a season today where it feels like the vision and the calling over your life appears to be invisible. But I just come to remind you all today that your God is working behind the scenes. Recently, my wife and I, we went to uh, a sight and sound. It's a, it's a theater in, in Pennsylvania, up in the Northeast, and we love sight and sound. They have theaters, they have plays, and we went to, recently saw the, the show Esther. It's an amazing show. And in the middle, in the middle of the, 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 in, the intermission part, we went out to go get uh, soda and some popcorn, and we were really pumped, and we came back a little bit early. And when we left, the last scene that we left, it was a garden. And it was, uh, it was trees everywhere. There's a garden. It's beautiful. And when they opened the curtain for scene two, it was buildings and it was a living room. And it, my wife leans over to me and says, isn't that how God works? Like when we see a black curtain and when we see inactivity, our God is changing the scenes behind the curtains that you can't see. And I just want to let you know today that your God is changing the scenes behind the curtains under the dirt, under the dirt that you cannot see at all. Because in this kingdom, God celebrates the insignificant. He loves the invisible. He loves it. In fact, he, he celebrates that, and that's who our God is. He is a God who specializes in working when things appear to be invisible. But also, not only does he celebrate the insignificant and the invisible, but he also celebrates the ignorant, y'all. Come on, somebody. I love this part because I love it that in this kingdom, I don't have to know it all, y'all. Come on. I mean, COVID-19, uh, my wife and I, we became homeschool parents. And anybody know how to do uh, fifth grade math? Because I don't. <laughs> Praise God for Google and YouTube. Come on, somebody. And uh, I had no idea what to do. And I believe that this is the season that God has a lot of us in. In fact, I was a pastor, y'all, in, in COVID-19. And I had no idea what I was doing, y'all. Come on. Everybody want me to make statements for one side. I'm, I'm, I'm up there near D.C., so super political world. Half my church thinks that the, uh, the election results was amazing. Half my church thought the world was falling apart. Come on. Half my church loves mass. Other half my church thinks that I don't have faith. Half my church wants the vaccine. It was crazy, y'all. I didn't know what I was supposed to do as a pastor. In fact, I didn't know what I was supposed to do. We allow anybody to serve in our church these days, y'all. Come on, somebody. It's been hard to get people to come back to church in the Northeast, and so, man, we allow anybody and everybody to serve on our dream team. I hope this is not being in the live stream for, for our church, y'all, back at home. <laughs> you, you see, Journey Church is different, y'all. Y'all got amazing people, y'all. Come on. You walk through Journey. How you doing? Welcome to Journey Church. Everybody's looking all nice and, and dapper and smelling good. Hey, and motivation? It's a little bit different, y'all. Come on, somebody. I mean, a few months ago, I walked outside in between services, and the entire parking team was vaping in the middle of the parking lot. So as the first time guests was entering our church, they had to walk through a cloud of glory, y'all. Come on, somebody into his gates. <laughs> the holies of holies, y'all. We have no idea what we're doing. And I feel like that's exactly what God wants you to be in this kingdom. 
There are moments in time where you want to control every aspect of your life. In fact, here's what the text says. It says this, and night and day, whether he sleeps or whether he gets up, the seed sprouts and grows, though he does not know how. Like you plant the seed under the ground, but once the seed is planted, you really don't know what's happening under there. And I believe that in this kingdom, that's exactly where God wants you to be. There will be seasons of your life where you feel like you don't have control of the fulfillment of the dreams, of the fulfillment of your purpose, but that is exactly where the Holy Spirit wants you because that's when you have to lean in on the Holy Spirit to lead the way for your life. Because that's what God wants in this Kingdom. I was telling the first service the other day, I, I was speaking to this young, young lady who attends our church. A very, she's single, very successful lady, worked her way high up into the, uh, the D.C. ranking and the government rankings, and she attends our church, and, uh, and she's uh, worked really hard. And, and as a result, because she's been so busy climbing the, the corporate ladder, she's single, she hasn't had time for relationships. So she met with my wife and I, and she gave us the list of, her, of, of how this man's going to look like. I'm like, okay, tell me about your man. She says, I want a dark chocolate man. I said, like me? <laughs> she said, no, darker. <laughs> I'm like, that's real dark there, y'all. Come on, somebody. <laughs> and um, so I said, I want a dark chocolate man. All right, cool. I want him to be bald head too. I said, by choice or by like force? <laughs> She said, by choice. All right. I said, what else? I want to have a big beard, too. And she said, I can't trust a man without a beard, y'all. Come on, somebody. And, I, and she said, I want a little gray on the beard. Not too much gray, but a little bit of gray on the beard. I said, okay, cool. All right. Well, God bless you. And we pray God's uh, special anointing over your life. We pray God provides for you. And then, like, literally three weeks later, uh, she texts me and says, Pastor, I, I want you and Pastor Brittany to, to meet my, my boyfriend at church today. And so she brings this guy up, and he was white, y'all. Come on. <laughs> I love that story, y'all. <laughs> she thought she wanted white chocolate, but God had white chocolate for her, y'all. Come on. Come on. She was right with the chocolate. This is the wrong color, y'all. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Isn't it funny how we think that we know what we want? and we think how we're going to operate things and orchestrate things. But I'm telling you what, in this kingdom, God has things under his, his wings, y'all. In this kingdom, you think you have it all together and you have your system of how things are going to operate. But in this kingdom, there will be things where it does not go according to your plan. And that's exactly how God does it in this kingdom. Because our God celebrates the insignificant and he loves the invisible and he can deal with the ignorance. But today, I didn't really come to, to talk to you about those things. I come to talk to you for the next 10 minutes or so about dirt. Look what the text says in verse 28. It says this, and all by itself, the soil produces the grain. All by itself, right? So it didn't say all by himself or herself, meaning that it was a farmer that caused this thing to grow. No, this, this, the text says it was the dirt that does the work. And I come to talk to you about dirt today. And maybe, maybe not physical dirt and literal dirt, but maybe all of us today, if I can be honest, we all are dealing with dirt. 
Maybe it's, uh, maybe it's physical problems that you have in your physical body. Maybe it's loneliness, maybe it's mental health, or, or, or maybe, maybe it's, it's in a season where you feel like you're financially behind or you're not in the career that you want, or maybe your kids are not where you want them to be. Maybe you're in a season where you just feel like you're just dealing with dirt. In fact, I'm gonna ask them to bring the dirt out here for, for a second. And, and when, when I was uh, six months ago, my wife and I, we just built a brand new house from the ground up, y'all. It was an amazing experience. We absolutely love it. It's our, first, it's our first house that we actually got to build from the ground up. In fact, we went out into the woods and, and the potential neighborhood that we now live in, and they gave us choices of a lot, like acre lots, and you got to choose that lot, and that was so amazing. We love that, and we love that, that uh, process, and we got to choose where the walls go. We got to choose where the upstairs bathroom goes and how large the bedroom's going to be. We got to choose all these different things. It's been an amazing experience. In fact, my wife and I, we've been in the house for six months now, and we absolutely love it. But one thing that the builders did not do a good job in is with our landscaping, y'all. It was terrible. In fact, so much so that we were three weeks in and living there, and we got a letter from the HOA saying that, sir, you have three months to get your grass green or a fine is coming your way. I'm like, well, y'all want to put the grass there. I didn't put the grass there. So there was about six other families that had moved in prior to us moving into the neighborhood. So I went to one of the other families that had uh, houses that had green grass. I mean, good green grass. I went to the guy, older guy, older than me, and he came to me and says, I said to the sir, sir, how, how did you get the grass so green? And he said, I'm gonna tell you what I did. You know, I, when I brought some seed, I reseeded the, the yard, but here's what I really did. I got two yards of compost and I, and I shoveled it out into the entire yard. I said, okay, cool. You know, I'm a Miami boy, so I have no idea what compost is. Uh, <clears throat> Like, I don't even know what a yard is. I know what, like, football yard. Uh, at that time, I didn't know what a cubit yard was. So, like, a couple of days later, I'm, I'm walking to a staff meeting. I called the place that has the compost so I can, it was on a Thursday, so I'm going to spend Thursday afternoon and Fridays, which is my off day, to, to shovel the, the dirt into the, 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 the yard. So I called the place, and as I'm calling the place, I said to myself, I want greener grass in my neighbor. So he told me two yards, I'm going to make it four yards. So I called the guy and I says, sir, I'd like to order four yards of compost to my address. And the guy says, are you sure you want four yards of compost? I said, you right, make it eight yards of compost. <laughs> Come on, green grass around here, y'all. And this is a true story, guys. And when I got home, there was a mountain of compost in my driveway, y'all. And I knew it was kind of expensive. I'm like, man, this is expensive for some compost. And literally, the, I mean, it was so much compost. My neighbors are outside laughing at me. <laughs> and it was a, a cubic yard, guys, is a lot. And so uh, when my wife got home, <laughs> I said, babe, they gave us too much. They gave us the wrong amount, babe. <laughs> And no one told me what compost really was either. I didn't realize that compost comes with the odor that smells bad. And when my wife got outside her car, she looked at me and says, Travis Sherrod Jones. And when a black woman says your middle name, you better run, run fast. So she, 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 uh, she says, well, let's put on, we put on our, our clothes and we begin to shovel the dirt. 
And literally, it was just a, it wasn't as small as this. Oh, I can tell you that right now. It was a lot more. It took us, it, we, we couldn't park in our driveway for two weeks, y'all. Come on, that gives you. And, and we were just shoveling the dirt. And I feel like that is exactly where a lot of us is at. I feel like the season of life that we're in, all we are doing is just shoveling dirt. The dirt of the drama of your life, the dirt of your loneliness, the dirt of your physical problems, the dirt of your, your life. And here's what happens. Here's, the, the, here's what happens. The kingdom of the world only celebrates highlights, right? So you know how Instagram does, right? Instagram, man, Instagram and Facebook, they lie to us all the time, right? I mean, Instagram told me, hey, when you get married, you can take nice pictures together and you're going to enjoy each other's company. You're never going to get into arguments and it's going to be just so awesome. You can go to the fair together, go on vacations together. You're never going to disagree with each other because the pictures on Instagram don't tell you about the disagreements, right? And then I got married. <laughs> Or, or especially, especially with kids, y'all. Come on. The, the pictures of the kids' uh, dedication is going to be so nice. And you'll be like, hashtag blessed life with my little, my little baby. <laughs> so amazing. Dedicate her to Jesus. She's going to love Jesus and grow up to love God. She's never going to talk back. She's never going to poop. Uh, it's going to be amazing. But how many people know that every seed that God gives us will be associated with dirt? I, and, and, and here's what's happening. Here's what I see all the time. I see all the time people giving up on the seed because of the dirt that they're walking through. And I just want to let you know today, stop looking for greener grass and stop working with the dirt that you have in your grass. Because in our kingdom, we, we got a lot of dirt in this kingdom. And, and maybe you walked in here, maybe new or newer to church, and you thought that you had to have it all together to be in this community, to be in this family. And maybe, maybe you just started coming a journey and you thought that you, you thought that everyone has it all together. But I just come to give you a news flash today. In this kingdom, we all got dirt, y'all. Come on. No one has it all together. We all are walking through something. <laughs> And so I just want to encourage you all, don't give up on the seed because of the dirt. In fact, it's the dirt that's going to do the work. It's the dirt, the very dirt of your life will be the fertilizer that will fertilize your dream, your purpose, and your vision over your life today. And there are seasons where it appears that all you're doing is shoveling dirt. I feel that way all the time, oftentimes in this American culture, especially this American church culture, I feel like everybody else has glitter and I have dirt. I feel like everybody else's marriages are, is happy and mine's is dealing with dirt. I feel like everybody else's calling is great and awesome and mine's is dirt. But I love this kingdom because this kingdom, our God can take the dirt and fertilize every dream and purpose over our life today. Amen. Amen. I want to invite the worship team to come up. Maybe you're here today and you walked in shoveling dirt and you thought that the dirt was the very thing that was going to disqualify you from walking in the purposes of God. I just come to remind you all today that the dirt of your life the issues, the trials, the tribulations, the drama, 
those things will be the very thing that God used. In fact, I, I remember there's oftentimes that I dealt with dirt. I remember when I was uh, in, a, in, in the middle of Bible college, I was right down the road in Lakeland, and I, was, uh, I went to a, a place, uh, a, a um, kind of a psychiatrist because I, and a, a speech therapist because even in college, I, I couldn't talk. Um, um, I would stutter so much, and I knew God had called me to preach, and I couldn't talk, and I would stutter and stutter and stutter, and literally, uh, I was diagnosed with dyslexia, which means that whenever I read to you, I read backwards, then I read forward. That's the way it works in my brain. So even when I read the scripture to you today, I read it backwards in my head, and then I read it forward out loud. And so when I got diagnosed with that, I thought that that was gonna be the very thing that's gonna hinder my ministry and God using me. But it's actually the, the greatest game changer that God has given me now. It's allowed me to slow down. It allows me to process. When I read my notes, I read it backwards, but it helps me to process my notes in such a way that only I can look at it. And I just wanna encourage you all today, no matter what diagnosis or dirt that you have in your life, God can use it. In fact, I believe that it's that dirt of that diagnosis that became the fertilizer of the seed of me being on this stage right now. My wife, when we first launched our church three years ago, we were, we were so excited about it. We're gonna have to be a model couple and we're gonna, we're gonna lead this church and we're gonna, we're gonna go forward with all we have. And then my wife was having low moments and high moments and then she got diagnosed with bipolar. Not the bipolar that, you know, she, she, she would have low depressive weeks where she couldn't get out of the bed. And we thought, God, how are we going to lead this church? God, how are we going to tell these people about this good God? And we're dealing with the dirt. And I realized that it was the very dirt that God uses. But now my church is filled with people with mental health problems and they are getting healed and they're getting set free. I thought that, I thought that my, my family and where I came from, I didn't meet my dad until I was in the ninth grade. And I wish I had dads that came, that came to my football games, but they never came. It was never there. I, I wish I had that type of family heritage, but I don't have it. And, and I just come to remind you all today, but my church is filled with guys who don't have dads. And now we get to create a culture because I know what it felt like not to have a dad. It was the dirt. And I just come to let you know today, no matter what dirt that you're carrying in this church today, your God will say, your dirt does not qualify you, in fact, disqualify you, but your dirt, it qualifies your call over your life. Your dirt will be the fertilizer of your life today. Because our God, he's a specialist, he works with dirt. He's always worked with dirt. In fact, even from the beginning of time, we know in the book of Genesis, you guys remember the narrative in Genesis, where the Bible says that the Lord, God, he took the dirt, and the Bible says that he took the dirt and he made mankind. Your organs, your, your, your anatomy of your body came from dirt. Here's why. Because your God can make beauty out of your dirt, y'all. Oh, oh you, you remember that one narrative? But the Bible says this, when, when there was this guy who was paralyzed and he had four friends, and the Bible says that the four friends, they dug through the roof that was filled with dirt and they dug through it and they created a hole in it and dropped them down and he experienced healing. Here's why, because you don't have to walk in your dirt by yourself, y'all, come on. Or, or there's another narrative inside the gospels where the Bible says that Jesus took the dirt in his hands and he spat on it. 
and then you put it on the blind man's eyes. And the Bible says the moment where the dirt hit his eyes, this blind man experienced healing. Because I come to remind somebody today that there's healing in the middle of your dirt. There's power in the middle of your dirt. But the greatest dirt I've ever seen was when God, he took his only begotten son, the seed of the world, the seed of salvation. And the Bible says for three days, the son was planted under the dirt. And the Bible gives us an insight of what happened when Jesus was under the dirt, y'all. The Bible says this, that in the book of 1 Peter, while Jesus was buried under the grave for those three days, while he was buried under the dirt, here's what happened. The Bible says that Jesus went down to hell and he began to have a battle against Satan and his demons. And the Bible says that Jesus entered into hell and he won a battle that you and I couldn't win while he was under the dirt. And I just come to remind somebody today that your God is fighting for you under your dirt. You thought that your God was hanging back, but no, your God is with you under your dirt and he's fighting battles for your life that you can't win on your own. And then on the third day, something happened. The dirt produced something. It produced a resurrection. It produced things that were dead and it came back to life. And I just come and declare to you all today, not that I only our God is good, but on my street, I have the greenest grass, y'all. Come on, somebody. I mean that dark green grass, y'all. And when I cut my grass, I got those lines in it. Those are lines of glory, y'all. Come on, somebody. That dead grass that came out to life, it was only because of the dirt. And that dead dream, and that dead vision, and that dead, that, 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 that dead promise that appears to be dead, I believe is gonna come back to life because of the dirt. All by, all by itself, the dirt produces. And, and so I, I just wanna encourage you all with that. Well, I remember just a few weeks ago, I was cutting my backyard and the problem when you put a lot of compost and a lot of seed in your yard, that grass, it grows and it grows fast. Sometimes I gotta cut my grass two times a week, y'all. I'm like, man, well, I made this mistake. I shouldn't put this much dirt and seed in my yard. I'm in my backyard cutting. I got this little Honda riding a push lawnmower, so I can't really afford a riding lawnmower yet. So I got this little Honda push lawnmower and it's supposed to be self-propelled, but I guess that feature is broken in the lawnmower. And I'm pushing it, shaking, barely working, and it stops. I open up the gas tank and I'm like, oh, I need to get gas. So I would go to the garage, get to, get to the red gas tank, and there's no gas inside there. There's no, there's nothing in there. And I recognize that I had, I had prepared and I dealt with the dirt. I put it inside the, the dream. I put it over the seat but I did not get ready and I was not ready for the harvest that came because of the dirt. And what I'm noticing is that dirt seasons are prep seasons for your harvest. So while you're managing your dirt and while you're managing through loneliness 
and managing through that, that marital problem and managing through that financial problems, that is the time where you need to be getting gassed up to get ready for the harvest that's coming your way. And Journey Church, I come and let you know today that during a pandemic, you guys was in multiple locations, in a school, in a studio, carrying dirt. You all were literally cleaning dirt before I came in here today, y'all. And I just want to let you know that I believe that the next season of this ministry will be harvest season, y'all. Come on, somebody. The next season for your life, it will be harvest season. The question is, are you ready for the harvest? Do you have enough gas in your tank for the harvest? Do you have enough spirit of God in your life to get ready for the harvest? So I share this one last story. So I, I, I worked my way through college. Uh, so uh, Publix, y'all know Publix, y'all? Come on, somebody. Now we're to have Publix up north. Man, I miss those pub subs. Come on, somebody. That's where the glory of God sat there. And uh, so I, Publix had a program where if you work full-time, 40 hours a week, they would pay your tuition. So that's what I did. My wife wasn't, my, my, my mom wasn't into me getting debt. So I literally, I worked full-time when I was at Southeastern. So, but all the money didn't come to me. It went right to the school. So anyways, I was working and I didn't have any extra money. And all I can afford was the 15 meal plan, right? And so 15 meal plan means you only got 15 meals a week, right? And how many people know a brother was hungry lots of times, y'all? Oodles and noodles and kicking in, kick in every time. And so my, I had a friend of mine said, hey, I'm about to go down to this orange grove down the street. We're gonna go pick some oranges. I said, bet, tell me about it. He said, man, you fill up one sack, you get 50 bucks. I said, all day long, sign me up. So I go out there to the Orange Grove about 30 minutes away from school. <laughs> and, and I walk in and I, I can tell that there's, there, there's some Spanish folks that they're looking at me and they're laughing at me. I'm like, why are they laughing? I'm about to make some money. Like I'm about to fill up like 50 sacks. Come on. I'm about to get those, fill up those sacks so I can get those stacks. Come on somebody, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so the guy tells us that every time you fill up a sack, you get 50 bucks. They gave us a tool that we got to pick up the oranges, whatever. And so we go out, it's hot. And we go out there and literally after I got three oranges, the juice from an orange gets under your nails, guys. And it begins to burn your nails. In fact, my, my hands begin to swell with three oranges. So I go back to the guy who was the owner. I says, how much I get for three oranges, y'all? Come on. <laughs> can a brother get a dollar around here? Come on. A chicken sandwich. Come on, y'all. Can I get something from around here? And and uh, <laughs> these guys, uh, the, the guys are laughing at me. I'm, I'm sure they call me gringo, gringo, gringo. They just they don't know what you're doing. And so uh, I talked to one of the guys, um, and he says, uh, and he kind of knew like a little broken language, and he lived in a trailer park that was nearby. And, and here's what he said. He said that every single night they soaked their hands inside this, this solution that, that literally protects them from getting the burns that I was experiencing. They cut their nails to a certain length so that, so literally there's a, a science to it. And I began to realize that, that literally during the dirt season, it, that's the time where we need to be prepping for the harvest season because harvest is hard work. 
And I believe this, that the season that this church and this ministry is about to go through, and I prophetically declare this over this ministry, it, it's gonna be hard work. And so while you're walking through dirt, you need to be preparing and soaking in the Spirit of God because the Spirit of God is gonna help you and gonna protect you from the grind of the harvest today, y'all. And so what we're gonna do for a moment is that our team's gonna sing a song. And I just believe this is a fresh time for you to ask for the Spirit of God to fill your life so that you can walk in the purpose of your marriage, your purpose of your calling, of your school. I believe that God is gonna speak to you and fill you with the Spirit of God. Come on, would you lift your hands right now? I'm gonna pray a prayer and our team's gonna lead us and you're gonna be filled with the Spirit of God. Jesus, prepare us for the harvest, God. Allow us to walk in the harvest. Allow us to deal with the dirt of this life, God. We love you. In We hope you've enjoyed this message, and we would love to hear your story and how this ministry is changing your life. Please email us at amen at journeyorl.com. And if you would like to support financially, you can give online at journeyorl.com give. If you're in the area, join us on Sunday for the full experience. Have a blessed week.